Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online show. Steve Sipple, Sean Callahan here, trying to get you through the least productive work week in America. Whoa, Sean. It is. I mean, you're, you're just completely thrown off because, <laughs> you know, Christmas Eve was Sunday, Monday you have Christmas Day. And, you know, the 26 is too, like, who, and, and you dealt with this in some of your other circles, like, uh-huh. not, a, not a lot of motivation to um, <laughs> to get rolling on the 26. The 26, no. The 26, is that, was that yesterday? Yeah, the, that was Tuesday. Yeah, I actually, you're, you're, you're my boss, so I can say this. I actually sat down, and we'll talk about this stuff later on the show, later, but I, I, watched, the, I watched the entire Minnesota Bowling Green game. In, the entire game. I never do that. Had time. And I know there's a lot of critics of the bowl games, but what I like about the bowl games is there's usually just one on at a time. So you can kind of zone in on a game that you never would zone in on. Oh, 100. And and you're like, God, you know, and yeah. My daughters are watching the Minnesota game with me because they went to the game in Minneapolis this year. And, you know, they kind of take an interest to follow the Big Ten. And um, so it's fun. And then Kansas was on. um, and, And we know Lance and. Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold, Scott Fuchs, the O-line coach. Um, you know, I, the, the, the linebackers coach, um, Anatoa, uh, uh, he's, he's married to one of my mom's – married to the Omaha guy. Okay. So there, there's a lot of connections to that uh, Kansas staff, to Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just interesting, and, you know, nothing else is on. So um, I quietly enjoy watching, and then obviously the NFL was great. Oh yeah, not being a Chiefs fan, it wasn't great. Oh yeah, seeing seeing the Chiefs go down was glorious, Sean. You're 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 one of those. I'm kind of a hater on the Chiefs. I don't like I don't, because they've built their team the correct way. You got to hate on them. No, because they no because they got that whole Taylor Swift thing going. It's like come on, you know the Travis Jabroni and all that. Um. Is that your? Do you call him Jabroni or he's a Jabroni, Sean? Um, the um, Travis Kelsey. I was talking to my sister, who's a big Chiefs fan, Kathy. She's a big Chiefs fan. I was like, I don't like Kelsey, and she she goes she looks at me and goes, Is it because he's kind of a Jabroni? I was like, I'm calling him Travis Jabroni from now on. <laughs> They're in trouble. In, oh, they are in the, trouble um, on offense. The projection right now, too, for their opening playoff game, you know, it's projection, is Buffalo. So it's Hey, they've lost three of their last four. Their road to the Super Bowl this time around will be very difficult. Your quarterback, your quarterback looks scared, too. Man, if I was if I was that head coach or the offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy. I would get him aside and say, hey, project some confidence. Your face looks scared. You look scared. You look like you're about to cry sometimes. 
I don't. I don't know. I, hey, I'm okay with Kelsey, but I'm telling you, Sean, that whole Taylor Swift thing, I guarantee works against him. I guarantee you players are, you know, other guys are like, all right, come on. Just the spotlight and yeah. the extra attention right. that brings. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not the big fan of it like a lot of people are. I mean, I'm not. Listen, Taylor Swift's fine. I recognize what she's – a, she's an American – Icon. Yeah, she's incredible, and she's an incredible entertainer. It's just the whole kind of sideshow I wonder about sometimes, how that affects a team. A team. It's a team game, Sean. But how about football, just NFL, just saying, hey, we're going to take over Christmas. Oh, and they took it over. You know, NBA, that was oh. kind of their swan song, their parade. Oh, the NBA season doesn't start till Christmas. Well, it didn't start this Christmas. <laughs> no, it got overtaken. The I mean, NFL's overtaken everything. NFL drew 25 to 30 million viewers for every one of those games. It is king in this country. Now, Mark Cuban, 10 years ago, said the NFL has to be careful, essentially not to oversaturate itself. 10 years ago, he said the NFL in 10 years will be in trouble because it pushes too hard. He's wrong. He's wrong. Guess who's leaving the NBA? <laughs> Cuban. But <laughs> he's wrong, but it's still something to ponder because now what, what nights do they play? What nights do they not play on now? Yeah. Wednesday? When I was Friday. reading, the Wall Street Journal uh, had a story about NFL on Christmas this year. And NFL will play every day of the week around Christmas as long as it's not a Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So, okay. so they, play they will play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay, I didn't know that. If it works out that way. I didn't know they played. They play Fridays? They will. I they mean, will. they would. Okay. To get a game on. Okay. Um, I mean, like last year, there was like a Dolphins-Packers game on Christmas Day, if I remember right. Um, so I think they're going to continue to do that as long as it's not Tuesday, Wednesday, which it, for whatever reason they just want to stay away from. You know, when you play on Sunday, it's kind of. I got to explain myself a little bit on this Chiefs thing, Sean. I'm a I was a Raiders fan growing up, big time. So I have a natural sort of disdain for the Chiefs because of that, and it, I've sort of retained it into adulthood. Like, if you're a Raiders fan, how do you think you feel about the Chiefs? You don't like them, right? <laughs> That was like the. Him. How about Antonio Pierce? Guy was coaching him. at Long Beach Poly. Mm -hmm. Goes to Arizona State to work under Herm Edwards, and and obviously he was involved in that huge recruiting scandal, scandal. during the pandemic, where they they were bringing in recruits. They were in vans and working them out at city parks, John. City parks and gets out of that. And he's in the NFL, and now he's the head coach of the Raiders. Well, he's the interim head coach. He, he's going to get the job. Oh, what if they want Harbaugh? What if Harbaugh's available? Is that the job Harbaugh wants? Maybe. Pierce, though, I get where you're going. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with Antonio Pierce. He's 4-3 and three as the interim. 4-3. and three. Okay, he's looked good. And they look, they look good on defense. They didn't look good on offense on, on Christmas, but they look good on defense. But, Sean, think about Harbaugh, the bad boy of college football going to the Raiders. Kind of fits, doesn't it? Number seven pick. Take, take J.J. McCarthy. How about Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy leading Aiden the Raiders? Well, Aiden O'Connell looked fairly average in the second half. but He didn't complete a pass for three quarters. But he, he's managing he's all right. the game. They can run it. He's all right. How about Amir Abdullah? Yeah. He's I all mean, right. Amir Abdullah. I don't came, know how much he played on Christmas. He came in and made some runs. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Okay, I didn't see that. Good. Good for Amir. But anyway, um, yeah, Sean, what we're talking about here is an opportunity for us to watch uh, to watch other games 
because Nebraska's not playing. You know, and I, Nebraska could have well been playing in Detroit. I hope next year at this time we're scrambling to set up this show in some hotel lobby and God knows where. Where? Anywhere. Well, it could have easily been Detroit for whatever bowl. I game think that it would have been Vegas, and okay. here's why. Okay. Because they beat Northwestern head to head, so they would have kind of had that. Northwestern probably would have fallen down to that guaranteed rate bowl and played Kansas. Nebraska to Vegas on the 23rd would have been probably where they go. To play Kansas? No, to or, play Utah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Northwestern U- played Utah. Yeah, and then I, sorry. I, I think Nebraska's head-to-head win over Northwestern would have bumped them over. That. I mean, there's really no – the Bulls just kind of select on what they want, and Vegas is going to want Nebraska over Northwestern. B- Bulls are all about Money. Match, matchups. How about like if you lived in El Paso, Texas, and, and you were like the sports columnist for the what's the El Paso newspaper? I don't know the El Paso news. Oh, El Paso Times. El Paso you got Times. Notre Dame, oh, yeah, Oregon State, yeah, coming in for a it's bowl. Crazy, game. that is crazy. I mean, that's a great Sun Bowl. And it really is a great Sun Bowl. But back to Nebraska, you could have seen them playing in Detroit though. But but if they. If no, Nebraska, they would have jumped Minnesota at six wins. Minnesota okay. would five and seven. Minnesota was in Detroit. Okay, so if you play, if you get the matchup that Northwestern did, which was Utah, you feel pretty good if you're Nebraska. Utah was without two starting safeties. They, I don't know, I don't know what happened to them on offense, but they, they didn't have a hundred. Sean, Utah went into the third deep into the third quarter with under a hundred yards of total offense. I know Northwestern's defense is good, but it's not that good. And Nebraska could have hung. What I'm telling you is Nebraska could have hung with Utah. Could Nebraska hang with Kansas? That's a, that's a whole other question. One of the real litmus tests will be how does Iowa do against Tennessee? Litmus test. Just to, I mean, because I, I really think now that uh, Joe Milton has opted out. and Tennessee quarterback. The Tennessee quarterback, Joe Milton. Sorry, uh, you like to. Uh, Just people don't always know, Sean. Joe um and Nico, the five-star freshman, I can't pronounce his last name, um, but he's going to start as a true freshman against Iowa's defense. So, yeah, and we're, we're going to talk more about Big Ten bowl games um, later on, and we're going to do an extended mailbag because uh, we never can even come close to getting through the mailbag. But um, S- Steve Sipple and I are going to do an extended mailbag, and you're wondering, where's Robin Washett? He's off in Iowa. Abby's out of town. So uh, we're holding down the holiday fort here. Um, and I do want to bring up one thing, too. Another tradition at Husker Online with Christmas has been prime rib. Uh, oh. We've kind of started this thing <laughs> over the years. Where I discovered this recipe over 10 years ago on how to make an easy, simple prime rib. Okay, let me it's a reverse sear method. I'm sorry? And we A what? A reverse sear. So, like, you multiply your weight times five pounds, <laughs> and you cook it for 500 degrees times five pounds, and you kill the heat, let it sit for two hours. That's what it looks like. And so we had a huge thread, like 10,000 views on our premium message board where everyone shared and discussed their prime. That was our leftover cuts. I, Ooh, that looks good. For sandwiches and whatnot. But we had yeah, sandwiches and whatnot, and you just going through the kitchen. Like no, those a, are the ribs. Like, yeah. I cut the ribs off. So How about you, just grazing on that, Sean? I did Fred Flintstone one of those ribs. I bet you did. I, why, why would I not? I you would. My, oh, 100, Sean. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd go through the kitchen multiple times. I mean, those are... Li- so, yeah, we uh, went to Leon's this year, a uh, local Ooh. market, to get the prime rib, and turned out great. Looks good. Um, I mean, that 
looks incredibly good. And I figured out a new method this year. Like I used to, you, you put butter all around it, kind of create a wall to you know get a wall the sear of butter. Well, it cooks off, but yeah. what happened is the butter would burn off on the bottom of the pan, and then it would smoke up. Oh boy! So I, I kind of figured out a new method. I loaded the bottom of the pan up with vegetables, potatoes, okay. carrots, okay. onions, all that butter and meat juice that would usually smoke up my kitchen. Just cook the vegetables. Ooh. And it was just pure goodness. So the vegetables tasted a little... Garlicky, buttery. Ooh. You know, rosemary, thyme. It, it, Sean, it, it you kind of seem to know what you're doing in the kitchen. That was the the move of the of the meal. And I was, that was the move of the what? The meal. Oh. Like, it turned out. Like, Is that the move of Christmas? My in-laws man the oven while we're at church, and we come back home, and it's ready after we get home. You from trust home. your in-laws with that? Oh, I just turn the oven off. That's all you got to do. Let's sit. You don't open the oven door, and boom. Sean, I'm really impressed. I'm not joking around. So that turned out, but again, I want to be on a bull trip, and my wife has mentioned that to me. She's like, she wants you to be on a bull trip well, too. They want to go. Oh, <laughs> I thought she wanted you out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> take it and taking the family to the bull trip. It's it's a it's that'll be fun. It's fun, but it's a lot more work. It's like it's like running two jobs. Two <laughs> it's like running two trips. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll try to manage myself so you don't have to manage me. All right. Well, oh, wow, Sean. We haven't gone to a bowl for seven years now. I know. My daughter seven. is seven, and she's never experienced the bowl game. Good God. That's got to change. I'm right. got, got Maybe got the quarterback situation settled. We'll see. All right. That's enough morning zoo radio here. <laughs> that wasn't morning zoo. It was some focus. We're having, but uh, when we come back, there is some transfer portal things on the table for Nebraska. We're going to yeah. discuss that as – uh, Nebraska has a running back coming in, and they possibly might have a receiver coming in. We're going to hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Husker fans, this is Matt Davison with the 1890 Initiative. You've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and now you can have an immediate impact on the success of our programs. The 1890 Initiative is a proud NIL company in Nebraska, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska has always been a leader in college athletics. Let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics and we're back here on the husker online show sean callahan steve sipple getting you through this christmas week and there there is some husker news of note to kind of keep tabs on uh because the transfer portal remains open husker players have roughly until the first week of January uh, that they can still technically enter the portal. January uh, 2, Sean. Uh, but the big news is there's a transfer portal window to bring visitors on from January 3rd through 7th. Um, the regular um, dead period in recruiting um, ends after that a week later. Uh, but that 3rd through 7th, we already know that Oregon running back Dante Daldell is going to come in to Nebraska on an official visit, 
um, as Nebraska is, you know, kicking the tires on Dowdell, uh, who was a former top running back in the country, is going to leave Oregon after one year because the Ducks returned their top two running backs um, who rushed for almost 1,800 yards this past season or more than 1,800 yards. So the opportunities in Eugene are limited. Uh, so Dowdell will be here. But the other one is they're, they're in the market, as you know, Steve Sipple, for a wide receiver. Jamal Banks confirmed to me on Christmas night um, that he is talking to Nebraska about getting the visit set up to come in the weekend of January 5th. This was a preseason all-ACC first-team wideout. Hello. Um, didn't have quite that level of a year. Uh, Banks has 107 catches for 1,404 yards and 13 touchdowns over his career. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Um, he's gone over 600 yards each of the last two seasons. Um, Michigan is involved, as is Purdue, Minnesota, West Virginia. Now, it's unknown if the Wolverines are treating him as a plan A priority or is he kind of like a plan B guy? I would say for Nebraska, he's a plan A option in the portal. He's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds, and um, they say, I mean, good red zone, good red zone receiver because of his body control and height. I read in your story there was a scout that said one area of concern is he doesn't get a lot of separation. But yeah, once once again in Nebraska's room, he he would stand out because he's a proven commodity. He, he Sean, I think he had fifty nine catches this year, which isn't bad. Um, but yeah, you mentioned his numbers again: six foot four, two oh five, for Jamal Banks, for Dante Dowdell, six foot two, two eighteen. And you, as you know, it's just my it's just my personal opinion, which doesn't mean that much. But I like Rule continuing to bring in bigger players. When I cringe when I see five nine one eighty. I mean, not in the Big Ten. You can do it. There's guys who can do it. I mean, there's exceptions to all these rules, but I don't know. It, like, you can find a Wandell Robinson. Yeah, you can, but do you, when you look at Ohio State and Michigan, do you see 5'9", 180 anywhere? On the perimeter, probably not. No, you not. don't. In you the don't slot and the all-purpose role, yes, but not on the perimeters. No, you don't even see it. In it. You don't really see it at all. Because the 50, okay, you don't, you don't, I'm saying, you you don't, don't get don't. wide open in the Big Ten very often. Right. So what happens? It's a lot of 50-50 balls, mm -hmm. a lot of balls where you're going to have to fight. Mm -hmm. to get off the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to fight to get up in the air to get the ball. Mm -hmm. And size matters in it those matters. situations in the red zone. Yeah. Okay, I know what you can do. You can do it. Listeners can do it. Oh, what about player X? He's five foot. I, yeah, there, there's exceptions. Of course there's exceptions. But generally speaking, and those top teams, top-tier teams in the Big Ten, how many little running backs and little receivers do you see? I watch them. You don't see them. You don't see him. Like Kenny Bell was a great receiver, and he wasn't huge, but he'd be big on this Nebraska team. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't that big. He wasn't that big. He's big. He was probably he what? What he goes six one, probably one ninety, one ninety six one six two. But yeah, yeah, he wasn't like fit. He wasn't built like a Nunwa. Yeah, it wasn't like a Nunwa. Or Julian Fleming. Julian Fleming's a pretty big receiver. Now Julian Fleming has not announced, but it's this, seems like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to Penn State. Yeah. Seems like is he is he could he be one of those guys who just shows up? On yeah, campus? and that that's there. There was some there, there was like a Insta story if you, if you like to do that kind of de detective work on social media, where a, a posting from a state college car dealership or, or something you know something like that where okay. it kind of showed that he's in state college. So okay. we'll, we'll see if that all plays out. 
Uh, Nebraska's players report back on January 14th. Yep. Classes begin, though, on the 22nd. So yeah. it's, a, it's a late – I mean, these kids get like a six-week break now yeah. from campus. We got pretty long break back in the day, too, though. Not six, so it was more like four. Was it? So they've squeezed in a mini session of classes that you can take over the break. Okay. And so – because if you remember, we started school the week before Martin Luther King Day. Because okay. you always got that Monday off. Yeah. They start school the Monday now after Martin Luther King Day. You have a remarkable memory. Yeah, so key dates, like you said, January 14th, Nebraska players return to campus, report back, report back. And then January 22nd, school starts. And that's when that's when players officially become transfers, officially become Huskers or wherever. They got to go to class. That, that would start the official clock. Yeah, the 14. Take part in some sort of informal team activity. Right, right. So there you go. A meeting or something. You mentioned a couple other guys in your story about Jamal Banks, the receiver. You mentioned Donovan McCauley of Indiana. Yeah, they, he's at least publicly acknowledged a Nebraska offer. Okay. Um, but nothing seems to have materialized. Very few portal guys tweet their offers. Right. McCauley was. Now, Brazil, the uh, receiver from Tulane. Chris Brazil. Um, is uh, already committed to Tennessee. He, oh, he committed to Tennessee. And like 40 teams reached out to him, and he did a graphic with on threes, Hayes Fawcett, okay. of all like 40 teams. Did he really? Yeah, and Nebraska was one of the teams. Okay. So, you know, they are in the market, but as you know with the portal, a lot of it is just so private. It is. I mean, it, they're just the – kids aren't really into the dog and pony show. They're into the money. I'll tell you what's not but, – but, but your reporting, Sean, is critical. Th- those two players are – critical in my mind not that they're program changing players i'm not saying that but dante dowdell and jamal banks would be guys that would come in and be helpful immediately that's what transfer portal and rule, players are supposed to not be. looking to bring in a ton of transfer portal guys. we can't really can he a the numbers but b he's doing a whole nother model now it's identify develop retain yep where a lot of teams like look at texas women's volleyball yeah they're taking more portal players like are they? they won the national championship, and, and their recruiting class is essentially portal players. And John Cook is opposite of that. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's doing it a little di- different. That's right. Um, but, yeah, you're seeing a lot of things. Like, how about this portal trend this week? Uh, Nick um, Scorton from Purdue entered the transfer portal. That would be the – like, the, he was – they play a 3-4. He was an outside linebacker. Great. I mean, I'll, I'll, he looked great against Nebraska. Think about – if you go back – if people think I'm engaging in hyperbole, go back and watch the game and tell me what you see. He was a he was a bear in that game. And he, I mean, from what I gathered, a bear. He was from talking to Tom Deanhart and others at Purdue. He was probably the highest paid guy on the roster. I'm not surprised. And he's looking for double that or more. <laughs> He'll get it, and he will get it. That's and, and there it. there are some teams right now that are just blowing up the market of what the value is. Missouri. Look at Missouri, what they're doing. Every key transfer guy is considering Missouri. Leave it to Missouri. And uh, Old Miss, Missouri, A&M to an extent. Isn't Oregon engaging that? Or- Oregon to a level. Because they got that all that Nike money. They're, they aren't as out of – Missouri right now, what they're doing, everyone's noticing. It's like, like Marty Bird money, right? I mean, they, some people didn't quite get our inside reference. If you, if you didn't watch the Ozarks, Marty Bird was in – Ozark. Ozark's Branson, Missouri. So we're 
making a re- reference that Marty Bird's drug cartel money is somehow being laundered to Missouri football. Yeah, Marty Marty Bird was a master money launderer, master, and he's played by oh, you're I, I, Jason I, Bateman. You're the man, Sean. Jason Bateman. But anyway, that's yeah, that's. But yeah, reference. Missouri, what they're doing is incredible. As is Ole Miss, like they're. The amount of guys that they're bringing in from the transfer portal and 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 just everything out there, it's it's getting everyone's attention. So weird, hey Sean. I mean, it is really weird out there. And bull season, bull season in college football now basically encapsulates the weirdness of college football. I mean, you have teams like USC playing in the bowl game in the Holiday Bowl. They have they're missing twenty four players from their regular season roster. Twenty four. Can you imagine covering a Nebraska team back in the day that was without twenty four players during the bowl game because of opt outs, injuries, etc. And that happened last year to Florida. They had a bunch of guys out. Twenty four. I mean, I mean, and we'll talk about it in the next segment. But Lincoln Riley still got to have a he still has to look they still he still has to somehow get that team looking representable. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into the Big 10 bowl game matchups that we're going to watch here over the next week. Uh, we'll discuss the ones we've seen as well. You're listening here to the Husker Line show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, uh, as we're taking you home here on this Christmas week before we get into some Big Ten Bowl game discussion. Steve Sipple, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by... Sean, Larson Motors, if you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Check that out, Sean. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. All right, let's get into the discussion of Big Ten Bowl games. And we've kind of teased on it a little bit, but so far the Big Ten gets off to a great start. Um, I thought Northwestern's win over Utah was very impressive. I mean, it was yes. a classic Big Ten game, but that's a great matchup for Northwestern because Utah kind of plays that style. The Wildcats won 14-7, to but the Utes' starting quarterback only had 55 yards passing. The leading rusher only had 55 yards, so just a complete defense dominating performance ben bryant threw for 222 uh, as they beat uh, the wildcats and then you had the minnesota win sip mm-hmm. um, where the, the gophers are without uh collie monis their quarterback yeah who went to the transfer portal right and has he landed anywhere yet nope i don't think so so i don't know if he was cut but they've got a transfer coming in but they had to start a guy at quarterback named cole kramer and 
he was a guy that was done, kind of moving on. He's getting married next month. Yeah, Cole and, Kramer. And they brought Kramer out yep. to manage that game. <laughs> I mean, he, he was 8 of 16 for 26 yards passing. <laughs> 8 of 16. Well, he had thrown, Sean, he had thrown one pass during the regular season, and it was intercepted. <laughs> he had thrown one pass all season, and it was intercepted. It was like a Matt Turbin-type deal for Minnesota. They just had to start a guy that was kind of a manager, a walk, I mean, lower-profile player. And, and See, what, what we've talked about this off-air. What happened, though? Minnesota just loaded up. In the run game, and and they have a kid named Darius Taylor who ran for two hundred eight yards. He looked coming good. Off, yeah, real good. Coming off of a leg injury, thirty five carries, thirty five carries. Sean, he had missed the previous five games. Detroit native, game was in Detroit. Great story, but you said it really well off air. It's it's not that MAC teams can't beat Big Ten teams. It's really hard to do because what you see up front. Minnesota looked like an NFL team up front compared compared to Bowling Green. The size, Green. the measurables, yeah, the resources, yeah, that shows up in the trenches. Well, and then even just the Big Ten teams have coaches on top of coaches on top of coaches, so you're just staffed up. I mean, you have so much staff on a Big Ten team compared to a MAC team. Yeah, and Bowling Green was good. I mean, that's a good team. They had 27. They they had forced Bowling Green 27 turnovers this year, which led the FBS. And they are good on the outside. They're good on the perimeter. They have a, they have this receiver Odir Odir Odu Hilaire something like that. Good, he's good. Caused a lot of problems for Minnesota. And they're they have skill players, Bowling Green that can cause problems. But again, trenches trouble. I mean, they just Minnesota just imposed its will up front. On both sides, Sean, on both sides. Yeah, I mean, use a military or war reference. I mean, it's just like going against a country and an army that just has superior tanks and weapons yeah. and resources, and they're, they're just going to maul you over. And Minnesota was a 5-7 and seven Big Ten team. They, I will say this on behalf of P.J. Fleck. They look good in that game. No, I mean, knock Fleck, and we've been critical. Everyone's been a little critical of Fleck over the years because of his style, but – you know, he's, he's consistent. I think they've won how many bowl games in a row? Five straight. I thought it was seven. Well, they've won five straight under Fleck. They've won – no team in America has won more straight bowl, consecutive bowl games in Minnesota. Seven. Seven. Georgia's next with six. But Fleck – oh, I give him a ton of credit. I watched – as I told you, I watched the game from start to finish. Minnesota was ready to go. Now, Bowling Green scored on the first drive, went 75 yards, looked good, blah, blah, blah. But Minnesota came ready to play. Without its quarterback, with a guy who had only played, uh, only thrown one pass all year, but Minnesota was ready to roll. I was really impressed with Minnesota. They only won thirty to twenty-four. Again, Bowling Green's okay, but I mean they really hit you on. De- they, Bowling Green really hits you. Their defense really hits you. All right, we got a lot of other Big Ten matchups. Right, go, go, I, w- I want to squeeze in here. Um, we don't have a lot of time to hit on all of them, but Rutgers Miami. I'm really intrigued. The games in Yankee Stadium. Why are you intrigued? Just to see how Greg Schiano has that team fired up to play Miami in a cold weather Yankee Stadium. It'll be a home game for Rutgers. I'm 100% agreement with you. I'm, and I, I just expect Greg Schiano to look pissed off yeah. and his team to come out. And yeah. Miami's going to probably not be too thrilled yeah. to be I, there. I, I think you're you're reading it pretty well. And it will be interesting. I'm just interested to see that fight play out. Well, oftentimes in bowl games, 
what it boils down to is who's more motivated. And you got to think Rutgers will be more motivated. You know what Bob Devaney told the Huskers before the Gotham Bowl what? when they played Miami in New York City in Yankee Stadium? I'm ready, Sean. I'm ready for this one. It was a miserable day. It was cold. It was ugly. And, and he just said, you know, man, they probably don't want to be here. You know, it's really not – we probably don't want to be out there. But this is like one of those old backyard Detroit alley fights I grew up in as a kid. And you just got to go in the alley and beat the crap out of the guy. Beautiful. And they won the game. They beat Miami. Jump started. Uh, but, all right, that's Thursday night. Friday night, Missouri. We've talked a lot about Missouri in Ohio State. Ohio State without Kyle McCord, still a three-point favorite. Yeah. Are they really still three? Or is it down? To, I, I saw it says it. minus three on CBS right now. Really? They're still a favorite. Now, that's another example of Ohio State. How, how, much, how motivated will they be compared to Missouri? Because Missouri will be motivated. They'll want to topple Ohio State. It's a really interesting game to watch. Now, I don't know if you saw it this morning. This is what? Wednesday morning. Marvin Harrison, they went to the bull site. He didn't practice today. Didn't dress out. I don't think Marvin Harrison's going to play. So he's going to go pro or just not Well, play? I don't know what's happening. I mean, he didn't dress out. And so they're reporting from the bull site. They, the reporters that are there, are reporting he's probably not going to play. Didn't dress out today. So um, they, they wondered. People were sort of assuming Marvin Harrison's going to play until Wednesday when they got to the bull site and he didn't practice. That's why I give Nick Saban a ton of credit. Like last year when they played K-State in the Sugar Bowl, guess yeah. who played in that game? Everybody. Bryce Young. Everybody. The much. linebacker. I mean, all those top guys played. Pretty much everybody. That's culture. If you, if you, it is. You guys believe in... It's team. Now, Old Miss, Penn State, that's another intriguing one in the Peach Bowl Saturday at 11 a.m., you know, Lane Kiffin's had a big offseason in the portal and recruiting, and, and Penn State is a quiet 10-2. and two. I mean, those are two quiet 10-2 and two teams. Yeah, it's interesting to me because they both represent the same thing to me. They're, they're, they're good in their conference. They're good in very good conferences, but they're not upper tier. You might say Penn State is. No, I, I, it, this year they looked – there's a, quite a gap between – They're both first runner-ups of the beauty pageants. There you go. There, thank you. Good analogy. Yeah, they are. So and our first runner up. So Penn what's State. that look like now? Here's what. Here's okay. I'm not going to be get off the lawn guy, but the trouble with bowl season now is you just don't know who's playing. You don't know how how many opt outs does Ole Miss have? How, how many does Penn State have? And what I suggest happens, I think might be impossible, but I wish it could happen. I wish there was some official list that you could go to where you saw. All the opt-outs for each team. What I have found in researching these games, it's hard to find who's playing and who's not. Well, I want to say Vegas Insider and some of these websites will have a list of injuries and reports mm -hmm. on teams. But, yeah, Auburn, Maryland, uh, Tunga Bailoa is not playing. The, the Maryland quarterback not playing. I mean, so Auburn is favored by seven. That game is in Nashville. So you would think it would be a lot of Auburn fans there. Um, you know, it's a short drive. From Nashville to what's that game mean though? Without without Tommy Bailoa, yeah. What's that game mean? Okay, I'm going to interject with the Jeff Brom quote. If you're Sean, I don't know if you fit this category of people who are overly negative about the bowl season because of all the opt outs. Louisville has 12 guys not playing in the Holiday Bowl. 12 USC who they're playing has 24. But this is what Brom said. 
you're going to have opt-outs every year from here from here on going forward. What you've got to do is use this as a set stepping stone for next year. Every year, it's going to be new players that have to step up. It just happens that nowadays it's going to be in the bowl game where guys have to step up and perform. So that's kind of a positive spin on it, which I actually appreciate compared to Lane Kiffin, who told Irene on On3 today, he says the system as it stands is terrible. It's terrible because free agency is going on while teams are getting ready to play bowl games and players are having to make decisions. You know, some players decide not to play at all. Some players decide to go in a transfer portal, but I'm going to play. I'm going to play one more game. Um, it's just – Yeah, Nick Scorton, I mean, that type of situation where collectives get to camps. They yeah. can't technically get to the player directly, but they say, hey, we can get you $650,000 if you leave Purdue. Can Purdue get you that? No, probably not. And so that kind of stuff's happening. All right, we're up against it here, but we have Wisconsin, LSU – um, no, no Heisman Trophy, no Heisman Trophy quarterback, and no Braylon Allen. So that's in Tampa, yeah. And yeah. Iowa, Tennessee, on New Year's Day at um, noon on ABC. I'm interested in that game because just because Tennessee is going to be starting a true freshman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an acid test. It's kind of like last year. Iowa played Kentucky without Will Levis. Yeah, and they feasted on him. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Iowa defense is a big game. Iowa going for win number eleven. And Kirk Ferentz will continue to make digs at Dylan. He made digs at Dylan Raiola. You saw that this digging. week. He's, I think he's digging on his way out. He's making digs on his way out. Not he made necessarily a dig at Frost. This year. Yeah, not necessarily going out this year. He could. Yeah, he could. It seems like, yeah, he could. They got to pay him, though. He's not going to give up money. If you have guaranteed money on your deal, you're not leaving that. You're going to, just like Bill Snyder when he left right. Kansas State. He got paid out like he got fired. So if Kirk Ferentz leaves Iowa, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to pay him that money. A lot. Like he's not just going to give up that contract. Because that's why you get that contract, Mm because it's guaranteed money. Yeah, and especially under the circumstances, he's not going to. You don't give up guaranteed money. No, no. All right. Briefly, Alabama, Michigan, New Year's Day. It's a classic Rose Bowl. Saban, Harbaugh. One-and-a-half-point favorite for Michigan. It surprises me a little bit. Yeah, you give Saban a month to prepare. I like I mean, I mean, like Michigan in this game. Just knowing the history of – I'm sorry, I like Alabama in this game. Knowing the history say. of Michigan in these playoff games. They've struggled. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look at the matchup a little more closely. I, again, I, I reiterate, giving Saban a month, um, giving him a month. And the other thing about this game to watch, nobody's really talking about it much. This might be – Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. It might be Saban's last game at Alabama. There's there's undercurrent buzz at Alabama that this is it for Saban. Maybe it's maybe it's not even undercurrent, but I haven't heard much about it in the national media. This might be it for him. In replacing Saban, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, real interesting. You know, there was a time where you thought Dabo Sweeney would be their first call, former player. Yeah, who knows? But it seems like that's kind of cooled. Yeah, it's cool, and it'll be interesting if it happens because Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, doesn't use a search firm. So I don't know how he'll go about it exactly. Um, I don't even know if it's happening, but it could. Would Kiffin leave Old Miss to go to Alabama? Maybe. I mean, he would make sense. But would Nick Saban bless that? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't know. And I, I would think it's like a Tom Osborne type thing. He's going to want to, they're going to like want Saban to bless. 
the next move. But there's nobody on the staff right now, I don't think. No. They're now, all... at Michigan, Sharon Moore's on the staff. Would Michigan go the Sharon Moore route? Yeah, He's never been a head coach, Sean. That's what. That's the typical Michigan way of doing things. I, I think Michigan will go with Sharon Moore. And never been a head coach. Keep the blueprint. Just like Frank Solich had never been a head, high school head coach. Right. No, you're right. Um, it's good point. But, like, Osborne told me this this summer. He goes, the reason – I did what I did is I wanted to keep it intact. When And so I, if they wouldn't have let Frank Solich take over, then Bill Byrne would have brought in his own guy to be the head coach and then get rid of all the assistants. Osborne probably wouldn't have stepped down. He, he would have considered differently. He told me that. He said, hmm. he goes, but the fact that I can get Frank in and then keep my staff in place, you know, I thought that was the best thing for Nebraska versus blowing everything up Mm-hmm. And then having a whole new group of people come it's a pretty in. Pretty similar situation. So it's it, pretty similar. You know, why would they want to blow that up at Alabama? Know. Blow it up at Bama and blow it up at Michigan. I don't know. I don't know why they would. I mean, Ohio State didn't blow it up. Urban Meyer. No, they didn't. Figured out a way. Well, he figured out a way to make you know Ryan Day the guy. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we're gonna. Um, we kind of went long on every segment, so. When okay. we come back, we, we're going to have to figure out our time here, but we'll, we'll do. We have two mailbag segments we're going to hit on. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Thank you to everybody for joining us here on this holiday week. As uh, we'll be back as well Friday for Husker Online headlines. So um, hold your calls, clear your calendar out. We'll be back on Friday as well. Um, yeah, we're working. So we're, we're going to get after it. But um, we're going to do two mailbag segments today because a lot of times we don't even come close. Like, there's 52 responses in the mailbag thread on Twitter. 52. Pick some good ones. There, so Sean. I'm going to go through here. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting question. Will the Huskers ever be as good as Northwestern? Laughing out, like, kind of a laughing, snarky emoji. They beat him. They beat him. He's laughing, though. He's not serious. But, yeah, I mean, give, give Braun credit. Oh, God. It's one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Eight wins. Eight wins. They beat Utah. We all agree Kyle Whittingham. I don't know, Sean. I must say he's a top five coach in America. I mean, they were just taking bombs, haymakers from everybody, and he survived it. I, re- I read in the Chicago Tribune, probably in August, that there was one – there was a faction of people just saying, let's not have a football program at Northwestern. Um, Think about it. he saved the stadium project there. Probably, I mean, they never. I mean, supposedly it was never on it, but it's. I think it stabilized that project from getting done. Now, yeah, David Braun, who I don't think he'd been a head coach. No, it's very informative in that regard. That you don't. I. I and I got to admit, I get caught up in that sometimes. Where I'll look at Sheryl Moore's resume. Never been a head coach. He's only thirty-seven. Don't do it. Hire a guy who's proven. Hire a guy like Lance Leipold, who's, of course, I mentioned Lance, that has a resume of success as a head coach. But David Braun is another example of a guy that didn't have it. And as you said, ha, I mean, had one of the best, did one of the best coaching jobs you'll ever see. Now, Sean, I would ask you this, though. It's only, he's only, that's only part of the road here. He's got to build a program. Is he capable of building a program? That's what you got to see. Yeah, what now. kind of staff changes? And evidently, Pat Fitzgerald was in communication with him throughout the year. I mean, they they were supportive of. He was supportive of him. How many games did Northwestern win last year? One. One. They beat Nebraska and Ireland. One. 
They won eight. Now, it tells you it's odd. Now, we'll get to the next question here quick, but Northwestern must not have been in that bad a shape culturally, right? We all kind of assumed, oh, my God, they're having this these crazy shower scenes. and We'll see what the and, payout is to Fitzgerald. That will tell us everything we need to know. In the, the Yeah, it's in the court of law, I think, right now. Yeah. It, it, are we talking about just a few guys that were able to create enough momentum to get done what they got done, or was it a legit scandal? That's the question. That's a critical question. Because right now, to me, it looks like the latter. It looks like just a or whatever you said first, I don't know. The, just a few guys uprising caused a big furor because the culture doesn't look bad to me, right? How and the David, defense is really good. By David Braun, though, just bets on himself to go to Northwestern from North Dakota State. He was a coordinator. Defensive. For Matt Entz. Yeah. Think about this. Matt Entz was trying to get himself a Mountain West-type head coach job, couldn't. He's now leaving North Dakota State to be a linebackers coach at USC. At USC. David Braun kind of put a wager on himself to go work for Pat Fitzgerald, who was on thin ice, and now he's got a Big Ten head coach job. Yeah, did a, did a masterful job. I mean, just an unbelievable way how life can turn. Mm-hmm. All right, this is kind of a big picture one from Bill. What is your favorite moment covering Nebraska athletics? And that that's, I mean. Real <sighs> tough question. There's a lot for me. Real tough. When you do rankings of things, covering it. Um, a favorite's hard. I mean. Yeah. My favorite non-football moment was Nebraska making the College World Series. Growing up in Omaha, it was my mm-hmm. first job. And being at Rosenblatt, where I grew up as a kid down the road, to seeing Nebraska there, seeing the Nebraska fans, having President uh, George W. Bush mm-hmm. throughout the first pitch. That was super cool. And and he walked through the press box. Right. And I shook his hand. Bush. President Bush, and, and he shook your hand like a man, like yep. a grip. And, and <laughs> he, explained, he explained to me how he had a bulletproof vest on, so you know it's hard to throw a pitch. And I go, he threw a pretty good pitch, Mr. President. The office seemed to mean more back then, too. Um, but I... I uh, God, it's hard to say favorite. I I don't know. Funnest, favorite, uh, most satisfying. I mean, the most satisfying is, was like, I don't want to get into this too much. Just 30 seconds. 95 NCAA Volleyball Championship. I was the only one there from the Journal Star in Springfield, Massachusetts. I had to write a front-page story, a notebook, a column, and a gamer. And, I, and it was not an early game. It was early enough that I could do it all, but not real early. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I just pulled that off, but I did. And I always felt good about that. So it was, it was Nebraska's first national title. It was the volleyball team, Terry Pettit. And they, Kate Cernich had a monster match against Texas. And that was, that was, you know, that was Nebraska volleyball's first national title. And I always remember covering it. I that. mean, being at the Rose Bowl, and, and that, that, it was kind of like the end of the dynasty. But just being there covering a national – that was my only national championship game I got to cover. Mm-hmm. And just being there for that and – I mean, even the Sioux game against Texas, that, that was a, just that was ha- incredible. I mean, that game, that moment helped propel Nebraska's brand to get the Big Ten's attention. It did. To join the Big Ten the next year. It did. Bo did a good job. I, I don't know if 09 doesn't happen the way it did, where Nebraska's trajectory looked like it was on the rise, mm-hmm. that they get in the Big Ten. And think about that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, think, I know. Think I about know. that right now. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, the Big 12 is good, but it's not the Big 10. And it's not the SEC in terms of money. Especially if we're out of the AAU. Because mm-hmm. they were in the AAU when they got that Big Ten invite. And yeah. they got booted right after they got in, which no one's ever been booted. They're trying to get back in. Um, but, yeah, that those are some ones that stick out for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a complicated question in part because you would – I might say that game you're talking about when Texas beat Nebraska, but – I did a bad job covering it, so it doesn't. It's not one of my favorite moments. I didn't. I didn't cover it very well. well I didn't cover the whole. It was very challenging because of what happened, and I didn't feel like we. I did a very good. The job. The Dijon Gomes fumble strip, and I mean that, that was happening like when you're going down the elevator. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And then then you couldn't go on the field. Right. It was hard. It was. I, I had. I just didn't do it. I didn't write a very good column. Is what I'm saying. I didn't really. I walked away from it going. I didn't really write equal to the moment. I just remember how upset Texas people were. Yeah. Like officials too, like media and because they were just like, how are we losing to Nebraska? And not just lose, they were getting their ass kicked. I mean Sue I mean, I've never seen a player at that position particularly dominate a game the way he did. No, and I remember that big screen in Jerry's world, which was very clear. I mean it was a I mean, it was just that I watched the game on that big screen because we were kind of in a weird position at the media. And I'll never forget them locking in on Colt McCoy's eyes and seeing the utter fear in his eyes. Every snap, he was Sue got to him. And you could see it because they would zone in hard on his eyes. Scared. By the way, see, Sue, I know fear when I see it. And Sue played in the Holiday Bowl. Would that have happened in today's era of college football? <laughs> Good question. But all right, when we come back, we'll better conti- times, Sean. Better times. Simpler times. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the mailbag discussion. You're listening to your Oscar Line Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Thanks for joining us here on this holiday week, and uh, we got a great special as well for Husker Online uh, viewers here on the YouTube channel. If you want to get on Husker Online, we're going to give you two months for $1 by simply using promo code NU1. That's the best deal you're going to get. It's for our YouTube viewers and listeners. Promo code NU1 gets you two months for $1. Uh, Thanks for joining and watching us here on Husker Online. Check out our great work on the website. But let's delve back into this mailbag. Um, And Guy had an interesting take. Uh, This is from 6-Minute Spotlight. was interested why on signing day Nebraska held out for commitments of three different defensive backs when they already had so many on the roster. And what I would say is I think they probably already knew these guys were committed for several weeks, if not months. Really? You think so? I think they had a pretty good read that Larry Tarver and Amari Sanders and you know some of these guys were in the bag. Really? Well, you'd know more than anybody, Sean. So Okay, now as far as having a lot of defensive backs – Rule addressed that on signing day with that whole spiel. Spiel is a negative word. His whole take on positionless football, which they do, right? They might take a guy right now that that is listed as a safety, might move him down eventually and play him at linebacker. Or it could be the opposite, too. A linebacker might move back to safety. But positionless football, we saw it a lot on the defensive side this year. We saw guys moving, like Princewell. Princewell was playing on the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden he's a jack, right? Jack linebacker. You see that. Mekhi Bayer played inside backer and 100, jack. 100. 
Javen Wright was a safety. He's now a linebacker. Right. They and do it. I that's the thing. Like even putting together our scholarship distribution chart, it's really hard to properly label a guy. Right. And on the suggestion of Sugarland, one of our great users on the website, great user, um, he said, "Just break down your chart now. D line, linebacker, secondary. Good idea. Just have three groups. Don't try to even have inside linebacker, Jake, right? Because because what's going to happen is there's going to be some of that changes, and then you get called out for it. Just so what happens with us, Sean, especially the older media? So look at this. D we get well, hold on. We get locked into this because we've been locked into it forever. So what do you do? You ask me. You'll ask me where does a certain player fit in position wise? Because that's what we're trained. That's how our brains are trained to do it. Right. We got to retrain our brains. We got to. Yeah, like um, Braylon Prude, who we watched in Houston get his offer. He's a safety, but he might be an edge linebacker by the time he's done here. Could be a corner. Well, he's 6'5", 195. No, not, Braylon Prude, not a corner. Okay. He's a safety, possibly a linebacker. He's playing corner, I'm going to jump you. The, they've never said sit corner to him. Haven't they? No, it's always been safety. Positionless, though. He could end up a corner. Rex Guthrie, him. They're, they're more guys that could keep moving up. Um, Gradney is another guy. that could. But keep, again, got to retrain your brain on this. I mean, it's hard it, it, because we're so used to a lot – like. You even want to do it on the D line. You want to say he's an in- interior guy. He's a he's an in. I don't know. What is he? What's what is Robinson? You can move him over the center if you have to, right? Ty Robinson. So it's yeah. You got to get out of the. We got to get out of that. And you got to. It, it really shows up in the summer when we're doing those positional breakdowns, and and we're all button heads saying, okay, where does where should we put Prince Will? Where should we put? Matchups. Let's find right. the matchups. Yeah, it's um, gonna be it's challenging. All right, Dave has a question, and I don't know. I don't really have a good answer to this, but do you think the Riola family will move to Nebraska and Dayton, playing high school football in Lincoln or Omaha next year? Mm, good question. Um, you know, would they stay in Buford? Buford, now, Georgia. Buford has this reputation where none of the players go to Georgia. Like it's really? like it, yeah, they have it. So it's not like that's a Georgia Bulldog. Oh. Um, you know, Haven Triple A team. Triple A team, like you would think, um, and in Dayton, I'll tell you, Dayton's come a long way. I see. I I know I won't say the school, but I know one Omaha program. I talked to somebody at a prominent program, and he said, "I know we'd take him if you'd want to come here." Is that right? <laughs> so it'll be interesting if they move here or if they'll stay in Georgia or I, do they keep their place in Phoenix? Do we even know that? I don't even know. I don't even um, know. So yeah, and. I would imagine Dylan is going to have a pretty nice accommodation set up in in Lincoln with his NIL. So they'll they'll probably have plenty of places to stay, um, no matter what they want to do. Uh, but yeah, that would be a question I, for Dominic. Yeah, and we'll we'll see Dom uh, l- later on here. So we'll, we'll get a better read on some on some of those things um, in January. Um, how does Nebraska? This is from Husker dude. How does Nebraska deal with the excess in scholarship numbers while also addressing issues in the portal? Well, it's 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 dicey um, because Nebraska still has the ability. Matt Rule for his first eighteen months has the ability to not ask guys back that he didn't sign, but they can stay at Nebraska, keep their full package of financial aid and money, and be a student or go in the portal. So there are players on the roster that would still fall into that camp that Matt Rule could potentially not ask back, so, or okay, or there's walk-ons. Like the Bullock brothers, 
um, that went on scholarship, guys like that, you could put them on NIL. They can go on an NIL deal that would equal their package. But you can't do that with scholarship players. Can't do that with scholarship Initial scholarship players. No, you can do it with transfer players. So I think transfer guys can come in as walk-ons. Like Oliver Martin was a walk-on, came in in the program. They didn't have a spot for him, if you remember. Um, So there's creativity you can do. Like Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, my understanding was he wasn't a scholarship guy. But he got money. Got money. So there's different... Commensurate to a scholarship. And even in recruiting, Alexander Ruggiolari... Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Taylor and Camden Cook, they did not sign NIL, uh, letters of intent. They are going to be on NIL-type deals. Um, but you're going to see Nebraska on signing days from here on out. They're just going to list all the players they add to the program. And they're not going to say, this guy signed letters of intent, this guy's not. They've kind of – and give Matt Rule, give Vince Ginta, give Sean Patton a lot of credit here – they're trying to create a way to get as many good players in Nebraska as possible. Really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could see, I could literally see the conversation in the football offices. Well, how are we going to do this? We have to list some guys as scholarship and some guys as walk-ons. Just list them all. Somebody bright said, "No, we don't. Just list them. Just list them." Well, you know, in the Dakota schools like South Dakota State's and those places, they have partials there. So on signing day, they list every player. Mm-hmm. Like there might be a guy on a 20%, 25% scholarship, and they get listed on the same list. Once again, for years and years and years on signing day, we would get a sheet that showed you the scholarship players. The walk-ons. And then the walk-ons. Now, all one because of what. Yeah. And, and it college took, football's change. And it took some reporting on our end to even confirm that Rujalari, Evan Taylor, and Camden Cook aren't signees they're walk-on guys coming into the program but they'll be treated just like scholarship players so that helps i think answer that question of the gentleman how do you get around this you're telling people how you get around it all right well sip this was fun we're gonna be back friday yeah we'll so do we, it we got a whole nother show friday um and appreciate uh, you coming in on the 27th well, Sean, you're paying me to do it, so I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, um, <laughs> make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us here at HuskerOnline.com. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan, signing off for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.